1: Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing we can promise is that our conversation will be hopefully less than fascinating so that you, our listener, can find your way to sleep. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Tempano. Follow us on Twitter at Listen and Sleep. Give us a five-star review on whatever application or app that you listen to our podcast on. And joining me today is a friend of mine, Calvin Storoschuk. Yeah. you get it. Did
0: I get it right? Well. No? I mean, I, I I always say that I don't even say it right. So okay. I can't criticize, but you said it wrong.
1: Oh, how do you say it then?
0: I think the Ukrainian pronunciation is like Storoschuk or oh, something. Oh, Storoschuk. Yeah, it's like, okay. and how
1: do you say it? then? how do you, do you say, say your life?
0: stores Chuck?
1: Stores Chuck? Yeah, like a store. Stores Chuck? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, just no. It's a dumb. <laughs> it's a bad name. It's so not a bad name. <laughs> do you know what it means? Um, no. I wish I had a okay. a clever um improv, but uh, yeah. No, I have no idea.
1: Do you know what Calvin means?
0: No. Why do you?
1: No, because I I know what Mark Marco means. Yeah. Warrior. Supposedly is what it means, yeah. <laughs> and I know what my last name means. But my last name is easy. Yeah. Drum.
0: Oh. Yeah. Your last name is drum. Yeah, does a that timpano
1: means... is a drum, or like you know, people talk about the timpani in your ear, in your eardrum. Okay. Yeah. Timpani- does that
0: does that mean that your family used to make drums?
1: That's a great question. Actually, so I did look it up and what it said was that my lineage, we either played the drums into war. You know how there would always be a drummer? Yeah. Or we fixed or built the drums that would that would be used. I don't think war I've tunnel.
0: ever seen an Italian playing the drums. <laughs> or like a, a traditional, you know... <laughs> I, I can't think of a traditional I, tr- Italian drum. I don't uh, know.
1: But uh, yeah, that's, that's the origin of my name. Huh? Well, this was Roman times. This was like really ancient times when I looked it up it was like oh, okay. yeah and if my last name was Timpani with an I versus O mm-hmm. it would mean I came from a long line of drummers war drummers or drum fixers but mm-hmm. not in this case and I don't play the drums and no one in my family has ever played
0: the drums oh no your, your great 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 grandfather would be horrified D- yeah. Yeah. like what
1: happened yeah. what
0: happened? so Calvin you are
1: a stand up comic yeah I want to ask you about writing comedy, okay because I have a lot of performers that come on the Insomnia project and we talk about different theaters we've performed at or different different plays or musicals that we enjoy mm-hmm. but we never get into the nitty gritty about comedy writing, okay and oftentimes when I see you i'm asking what i'll ask you what are you doing today what did you do today and you're like i wrote some some comedy so what is your approach
0: um, my approach is um to to figure out an approach. That's, I'm like I'm very meta, I guess, in the comedy thing because I I want to figure out like a sustainable way of coming up with with unique material. So I don't try and just come up with a joke. Okay, I'm I'm always trying to work on like a system that works, and uh, it's uh, it doesn't. Uh, it, there's not a lot of immediate benefits of that. It seems like a very slow process because it's it's a struggle.
1: But so how how do your how are your premises formed? Like your ideas? Where, so
0: where... yeah, I try different things. Like I might yeah. I might try like starting with like a feeling mm-hmm. and try and flesh that out, um, or I might try like making a point, something that I think is like true, mm-hmm. uh, or. Or I might just think about a subject and be like, this is an interesting subject, just just go on that.
1: And then you delve into it, like a subject like, let's say, um, stop signs or something, traffic signs. Sure. And you're like, okay, I'm going to really delve into it, or do you take it more on a broader approach?
0: Again, I don't know. Like, um, I might try – like, even with that, I might try different things. Like, I have a subject, and then uh, I might try, like – focusing on like who I am and how uh, how I think of that thing or I might just think about that thing in general as, as it affects humanity you know, right like right so
1: you take you take a both a, a micro and a macro approach to I'm to just the trying
0: everything right. and I'm trying to see what works and I've had very uh, bad consistency so okay. that's why I keep trying different things sure. again and I'll go back to things mm-hmm. that you know because every pretty much everything I've tried has worked like I've had success with all these different things that I've focused on but then it'll go horribly another time and sure. I do what am I doing
1: well that can be that could be not necessarily the material itself right it could be if it's working. me as a it, person well maybe your delivery maybe the venue you're at maybe the crowd that you yeah. have
0: well I think uh, well yeah right now I think the most important thing is like confidence really is like probably the biggest thing um slash like being in the moment um
1: so when you say confidence does that mean when you're on stage we're watching a heightened version of Calvin or is it yourself and you're just going forward as like the stage is mine and you're my audience no I don't
0: think it's a heightened i I don't think of yeah, not a heightened version, but more as in like not shutting down things because that's okay. that's what you know. That's just a human thing. Like any kind of um, uh, anything that makes you anxious or whatever, mm. you know, it's you're sh- you're shutting down things that could help you. Sure, um, like you want to be like loose and open to to ideas, right? But it's also, it's not just the ideas because you could say something very scripted, but it's also just the energy you have when you're saying the exact same words. It right. will seem more spontaneous and real.
1: And Calvin, do you ever find your writing material on the spot? Like something you might go on, on a tangent based on
0: a reaction that you've received? Y- yeah, kind of, but okay. not not that often. I, I know, see. like, I wish I could because that's like, that's how you see some people get, um, good really fast is when they know how to do that. It's what, like, you would call, like, writing on stage. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, they're so... They know how to control themselves on stage so well that the more time they spend on stage, they're going to come up with good stuff. Right. You know? That's
1: um, that's more of what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because my background is more improv. Yeah. So as a result, I'm able to improv in the moment depending on what happens it's usually a reaction Mm -hmm. to something that has happened in the audience or a particular person who might be a little bit rambunctious or heckly usually that's Mm -hmm. where where
0: but i meant like in terms of like creating material from it oh i see like um i think that energy of being on stage is so much more it's like more condensed like Mm -hmm. than what you would get from writing in a coffee shop or something like because it's so easy to waste time and, and stuff but when you're on stage it's like everything's you know you have so much more energy that if you know how to use it then you'll get a lot of good stuff sure. from a very short period of time
1: that's really cool that's very profound what about your punchlines so how do you get to your punch punchlines or to the sort of uh, crux of your comedic writing um, for stage
0: so that I think is like that's the part I think is just natural. Like people are funny or not kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I mean there's obviously like you you kind of learn how to be funny as a as a kid, right? Like it's not you're not just born funny or not, I don't think. Okay,
1: so you believe you you yeah, became funny. I, you you learned how to be funny.
0: I think yeah, I think any funny person like there was a process and and uh I think it's like <laughs> I've thought about this before. I think there's a lot of theft in comedy. Okay. Like, but it's legit like it's 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 kind of like inventions, um, where you know, you see how other people have invented things and you invent your own thing, but you had to you, you had to take so many ideas from other people. And that's why I think humor is like, where it's like you run into funny people in your life and you take little things from them. You learn things about humor from people and i think the best comedy is is when you take things from people that don't even know they're funny because that's
1: so when you're saying you take things from people who don't know they're funny Mm -hmm. you could be working in an office job yeah and somebody might have a odd little quirk or tick and then you'll you'll take from that
0: yeah the way they reacted to something and they you know it's usually a mistake like they got something Mm -hmm. wrong and they don't even know they did it but now you know like that's funny and you, you can implement it into other, you know, situations.
1: Okay, so can I ask you something? I watched some of your comedy recently. Yeah. And there's a moment you were doing a whole bit on um, evolution. Okay. But you had said, it's "Not you didn't say evolution. You said something else, almost like a mistake, but it was a very funny thing. Was the oh? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you said, not evolution. What was the other word you used?" Um,
0: yeah, I just said the wrong yeah. word because I was going to say it, it later on in the in the set. Okay. Yeah, so I just messed up.
1: So you messed up cuz I thought, "Oh, that either it was a happy accident that mm-hmm. proved to be very funny, yeah, or you planned that perfectly and you executed that sort of cuz some some stand-ups will do that. They'll intentionally make an error." That then leads into a funny moment. That then leads into what they were going to do. Yeah, and I thought perhaps you were doing that too. So I wanted to ask you about that particular moment because I thought it was pretty brilliant. Either way, that's funny. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, there's been I've been accused of uh, of like preparing some accidents before where I was like (laughs) I did something so stupid and they're like (laughs) you meant to do that. I'm like no I didn't (laughs) because it just it just it almost looks fake sometimes. And does that then become part of your act? Uh. No, no, no. I mean, again, it's hard to like you want that like presence and that that energy of like, you know, being there. That's what the where the funny stuff comes from. So it's mm-hmm. hard to like for me. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't want to recreate something like that. It's too it's too hard. And, and it makes you think about something that like I, I don't want to be in that headspace. I want to be thinking about like what I'm what I'm talking about or whatever.
1: All right. Here's a very uh, technical question. I guess I'm going to ask. Okay. Do you prefer when you're on stage doing stand-up mm-hmm. to have the mic on the stand or remove the mic and you walk and hold the mic?
0: I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think I usually take it out, but I don't know because mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I'm sure you can test, like, what gets the best response. If sure. you know, like, you know, I'm moving around too much or something mm-hmm. like that. But I don't, I don't know that part of my. I'm not at that – because other things are uh, – there's other moving pieces that are so much more important right now than, like, <laughs> yeah, where I stand on stage. Um,
1: where was your first stand-up set? Yuck Yucks. Oh, it was a Yuck
0: Yucks. Yeah, but it was the Humber thing. So okay. it's like um, it's like a comedy program. So they, like – it's it's pretty much all the – you know, so they, I should
1: mention for our listeners, because we have a lot of uh, international listeners. Yuck Yucks is a pretty well-known comedy chain, comedy club chain in Canada, and Yuck and Humber uh, is a college that uh, university that teaches uh, one of their programs is
0: comedy. Uh, yeah. So yeah. so Yuck Yucks has like a a partnership thing with the mm-hmm. comedy program. So like they just use the space for a certain show. Right. But uh, it's. Yeah, it's not the same because the whole audience is basically a, other kids from college going to see their friends or whatever. Right. So it's it's very different. It's super supportive. And it gave me a very um, skewed view of, like, what stand-up was because I thought – I got a lot – I got a very good re- response and I didn't deserve anything. But, like, I was like, holy – Spoken j- like a true comic who was,
1: like, was, like, self-deprecating. I didn't deserve the laughs
0: I, I got. Yeah, no, no. It was it was horrible, but but I got so many laughs and I was like this is going to be so easy. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and it's actually the hardest
1: thing ever. Have you noticed that your comedy has changed over the years? Yeah. So for example, like from the first time where you had a, a really positive response, mm-hmm. has it morphed, has it developed in a way that,
0: that Yeah, it's changed a few times. The first the first like Little while, I don't know how long, but I was like basically doing a Mitch Hedberg imitation, okay, which is like pretty embarrassing. But, um, uh, and then after that, I started doing like one liners that were different and like kind of I had m- more of my own style, right? Um, and then I even that though was pretty embarrassing, like, uh, like I, I had to stop doing it because it's like you're j- it's too from for me, like. There's no there's no point to it. There's no re- reality to it. It's all about just trying to get the audience to laugh. And I know that sounds like you're supposed to do that as right. comedy. But it's, you're not making them laugh at reality. You're just like tricking them. It's a lot of like wordplay and stuff that I'm, I'm just... I mean, personally, I just feel like there's more potential in comedy than that. I mean, you know, other people would argue with me and be like you know whatever whatever works but um i just think about the comedy that i like and it's always deeper and more like yeah there's a, there's a, a message to it a bit that makes you laugh at like life
1: i like i like when you mentioned wordplay because that's something that i love yeah and i really uh gravitate towards wordplay <laughs> yeah. uh, on stage for sure
0: i i said it's the highest form of comedy
1: really wordplay no,
0: I just said that I, that I don't. I don't think it's that great, but oh. <laughs> but it's funny that you, you say now.
1: No, but you said that wordplay for you is a key component. No, no, I said it. It was of of like one-liners. Oh, one-liners. And that's why one-liners. Oh. not like into one-liners. Okay, okay. Sorry, then I mis I misunderstood <laughs> what you were saying. Um, but that just goes to show you the different styles of comedy, right? Like if yeah. everyone just approached comedy from one one sort of direction... Oh, yeah. ...then nothing really would be funny because it would all be the same.
0: <sighs> Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, I think it's good that there's different styles mm-hmm. and different people can find what they like.
1: And what are some things that inspire you, people, or is there something that you use as a tool where you're like, you know what, I watch this program because I find I get a lot of uh, information or, or or comedy bits from it?
0: As far as, like, inspiration... Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, I think, like, profound truths are, like, I think that's, like, the heart of, like, good comedy. Like, you know, the way you have a silly way of expressing the point, but, like, I think the truer the point is, the more people it hits, and also it hits them deeper, like. Okay. Um and it i mean obviously people would you know disagree about what the the most important truths are but like a funny one the, something that i think works a lot is that like how cruel uh nature is right and i think you can go so many different directions with that and it's just funny because like when you think about it it's just it's 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 such a like a sad scary thing, but and it's just funny because it's it's real. Sure. You know, it's like how brutal reality actually is when you think about it.
1: So then would your source material for that be something like Blue Planet or watching Shark Week
0: or like nature programs? So, yeah, like that could trigger something and it, and it has. Okay. You know, that's why you saw like some stuff about animals and yeah. stuff, which I, I think is funny because it's like, uh, like it just shows you, like animals are, are a little bit funnier than than humans because they're not trying to do anything. Like, they're right. just doing what they're meant to do. Um, but, um, yeah, when, when animals do something messed up, like, you can't debate it. It's just it's like, that's what we live in. <laughs> this sure. is where we live. So, yeah, I think that's funny.
1: One of the source materials that I would often use when I was doing more uh, stand-up type comedy was I would watch The View. (laughs) I know it sounds funny, but what I would do is I would know what was going on in the mindset of the general public in the U.S. and in in North America. So in other words, what because I would delve into a lot of politics or into current affairs, and so whatever they were talking about were things that I found were in the consciousness of of your audience. Mm -hmm. So I could take something that they were talking about And know that maybe 70 to 80 percent of the audience was familiar with that Mm -hmm. versus going into something more obscure that I would then have to explain Mm -hmm. because the audience wasn't on board. So I would use that program as a barometer for political or current affairs that I wanted to talk about. Sometimes I would use CNN, too. Mm -hmm. Like, those would be my my source materials. But I always found that the view was one of the best things for me to use. And it would be funny because, you know, my friends would be like, why are you watching this? And I'm like… This is research for me.
0: It and yeah, no, that that that's that's true because that's a little bit different than what what we were talking about um, with like the the animals and stuff. Because I think what what you're doing is the value is like it's it's giving you that um, that energy of like connecting with other people, um, which is. Imp- which is a huge part of of comedy. It's about like building this bridge between like your mind and their and their minds, sure you know? um so it's very you go, you have to be aware of like other people, mm. and that's that's one of the challenges of writing too because you get two in your head and then you you come up with stuff that's never gonna you you will never have enough time to explain all the stuff necessary, sure you know so it's good to start from an outside perspective like like you were saying. Um, and I, yeah, I definitely find that works too. And that's why I, I prefer to write, you know, instead of writing at home, I'd rather write at like a coffee shop if you have people around you and like uh, other people write sometimes at comedy clubs. Cause they're like, this is like the best energy, you know, to help you stay away from the stuff that's just going to muddle everything up, you know?
1: So you do a tight five at your local Starbucks?
0: Um, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, uh, let me ask you this:
1: So, what happen, What do you do to get out of those blocks if you have blocks while you're writing?
0: Um, see that I don't know. Okay, so yeah. you just you just write, but you're very you're. I'm working on that.
1: You're very um, skilled at actually doing the writing. Like you're very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But you make it a part of your practice. Like you're, every time I talk to you, you're like oh, I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm, I'm writing, which I'm I think regimented is regimented or yeah.
0: disciplined. Yeah. Yes that i've I've accepted that it takes a lot of time mm. and i'm I'm fine like spending you know at least an hour a day writing you know which is not that's not actually that much time but a lot of people wouldn't never do that mm. um but yeah sometimes I'll write for several hours a day and and uh and usually come up with nothing but right. i I gotta um you know once you get it once once You have a system that has any kind of success rate, you know, then then it'll be very much worth that time. You see. So, I don't know.
1: Have you ever written for someone else to do comedy? Because I think that's Um, an important skill, too. And I feel like that's one area that's lacking in these more formalized schools where you're learning comedy. It's one thing to write for yourself, but it's another to write for someone else's voice or write something that someone else could take and use on stage.
0: Um yeah, I don't think I've ever done that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I've come up with like ideas for other people, but right. um yeah, I mean, yeah, that could be like an exercise, I guess. I used but, to yeah.
1: write for um a television show and uh I won't say which show it was, but okay. the protagonist we were looking at their lives in the show. And so we had to write comedic bits for this person to execute on, on film. And the protagonist wasn't very um, astute when it came to comedy. I'm being very kind here with my words. And I was in the writer's room and a lot of the comedy that I would write they wouldn't necessarily get, so I would have to explain it or really unpack the comedy or the the bit that I was writing the joke. Yeah, And so it was over-explained on the television show, so it would never resonate the way I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, I would get really frustrated and angry because of the way I was being treated. It wasn't the best writing room. <laughs> and when that happened, I would write ridiculous things f- for this person to do and in the show. Just because I was frustrated. So I was like, all right, then I'm going to make this person, the protagonist, sit on a piano and sing. Or like sit on the keys or do just something ridiculous. And Calvin, (laughs) one of every five times I did that, it would end up in the show. And I would just watch him and with my hand over my mouth thinking, how did this get through? This was just total me angry, writing angry think yeah. crazy things for the person to do, and they would do it.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know what that says about <laughs> that. I'm probably not a really nice person. Is what it says about me. No, I but, don't think it. I don't think it says anything about uh, you. I. I mean, I don't know. I just think if it says something about the 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 systems in place and the quality control <laughs> of TV. But yeah. before we end,
1: what is the one thing you think? you enjoy having at comedy clubs. So it's like, if I'm at a comedy club, I enjoy performing at. Mm-hmm. I like I like when this is in place or when they have this. Your, your writer? No, not my writer, but let's say like I like I like um, a smaller stage, let's say, a more focused stage so that there's not a lot of expanse. Mm. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Like how do I, if I walk into a comedy club, how do I look at it and be like, oh, this is either good or bad? Yeah, yeah. Um... I don't know. It's anything that I, that that makes it feel like the audience is going to be uh, too, too too comfortable and confident because, like, then it'll then it will make me feel more uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> um,
1: so what's something what's something that makes you feel confident in a comedy club when you're performing that they might have in place?
0: Um, honestly, like, if it's not that cool looking, like, if it if it if it looks pretty. Um, I don't know if I, I can't think of a word, but you know, it's just basic,
1: right? It's not a fancy club or, let's say, a theater. Like you know, sometimes people perform at a, a fancy theater, or a really large uh, venue.
0: Yeah, you prefer
1: I, more intimate sort of.
0: I would no, I'd prefer large. Oh, you would, okay. Yeah, because I think the I think the uh, the numbers of of people people keep themselves in check. Okay. Whereas, like a small group, it, it's it's very hit and miss. If you get the wrong group. You know, they're, they're comfortable now and they're like – they'll judge you very uh, openly. That, but, yeah, that's, that's,
1: that's it. Amazing. Well, yeah. Calvin, listen. Thank you so much. We did a deep dive into comedy writing and stand-up writing Yeah, uh, on The Insomnia Project. I hope our listeners enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed having you in the studio. <laughs>
0: All right. Thanks where very can, much.
1: Where can they find stuff that you're doing? Do you have a website that we can send her? Uh, no. No. I'll let
0: people know. I'll email you. Okay. Yeah, don't worry. I'll contact you.
1: (laughs) Don't look up Calvin. He'll look you up. Thank you so much, Calvin. Once again, uh, you've been listening to the Insomnia Project. We hope you enjoyed this. We hope you found your way to sleep. And today's episode was recorded in Toronto, Canada.